I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With in excess of 50% of cows calved on dairy farms in Ireland, specialist Stuart Childs joins us on this week's episode to explain the benefits of milk recording in the first 60 days of lactation. And I started by asking Stuart about the level of milk recording in Ireland. Unfortunately, uh, relative to other countries um, and our competitors across the world, um, our milk recording numbers are quite low. And we've only 35% of herds recording in 2018, recording approximately 51% of the cows. This is compared to the Netherlands, where there's 86% of herds recording and 90% of cows being recorded. And in New Zealand, our um, well-recognised grass competitors, 71% of herds and 72% of cows. So it's disappointing in that sense, especially given that it's a relatively cheap um, exercise compared to uh, lots of other things that we could be doing on dairy farms. And what are the limitations for farmers? Like 65% of our farmers aren't in milk recording at the moment. Generally, it's perceived that it's a big job. And look, I think it would be unfair to anybody listening to claim that there isn't a bit of work involved in milk recording. There's definitely extra time required. But the investment in the time is small relative to the return that can be got from it in terms of the information that milk recording provides. And in terms going forward now, you know, we've chatted with Don Crowley late last year in relation to the regulations that are coming in um, for selective dry cow therapy. For the 65% of farmers who currently aren't in milk recording, is this going to be compulsory or mandatory in coming years? Well, from the 28th of January 2022, we'll no longer be allowed to buy um, dry cow tubes without a a justification for it. And that justification will more than likely be veterinary prescriptions um, written on the basis of milk recording data. So ultimately, I think everybody is going to end up having to milk record or else we're going to be drying off cows without dry cow tubes, which is obviously going to lend to its own problems as well. So ultimately, I think everybody should be building towards the idea that we are going to be milk recording. It shouldn't be seen as a chore because it is a useful tool, so people should be trying to embrace it. In terms then of, of moving forward, um, there is a recommendation there and you know I read it recently in the Chagas Dairy Newsletter that we milk record early and the, the date that is, is kind of given out is St. Patrick's Day, so in and around um, the end of March. So what are the benefits for dairy farmers completing that early milk recording? Well, for people that are familiar with milk recording reports, they'll see that if uh, if they do a milk recording within 60 days of the first cow calving, they'll get cure rates for all the cows that are milk recorded um, and were milk recorded prior to calving, obviously, so at the previous lactation, at the end of the previous lactation. Um, but if you miss that date, basically, if you're over 60 days, cows that are milk recorded after that stage don't get picked up in terms of the cure rates, and that's going to be very, very important um, going into the future in relation to the selective dry cow as you've just mentioned because we need to know if our dry off routine is w- effective is our technique working correctly and is the tube that we've been using working correctly so in order to get that information we have to have milk recordings taking place within 60 days of the first cow's calving so in the south of the country we probably have started calving probably in or around the 15th or the 20th of January actually so that would mean that by the end of February we actually need to be beginning to think about milk recording at the very least um, in order to get it done on time um, where our start date is the 1st of February we have that little bit extra time and as you said St Patrick's Day onwards is probably going to be appropriate but it obviously can't be just flicked on like a light we have to book the 
the milk recording and it has to ha- happen at a time that will suit us which is obviously going to be a challenge at this time of year and also suit the person that's uh, facilitating the recorder be it a person coming in to do the recording or the DIY person dropping off the stuff. So th- that's a good point um, you mentioned Stuart that you know c- uh, cows have started calving from the 15th to 20th of January and you know where people would have said oh I'm starting calving on the 1st of February there's a comment from a lot of people that cows did come early this year I suppose in the region of up to a week or 10 days so I suppose that's a very good point to take cognizance of that. So then looking to our milk recording, you know, people will will milk record in the coming weeks. What are the important uh, points they should pick out of the milk recording results? Well, the, the key one is probably in relation to that cure rate. So you want to see how many cows were dried off prior to Christmas with a cell count that was in excess of um, 200,000 and is now under 200,000 again so there's been an adequate cure rate as a result of the dry cow period and maybe if uh, what's probably more important is those that haven't been cured in that period of time if they were high offenders in 2019 as well and now they're beginning to start off 2020 at a high rate as well it could be very wise if they were removed from the herd completely as as con- as crazy as this may, might sound because they're only going to be a reservoir for infection they were troublesome last year they're only going to be troublesome again this year um the other thing i suppose the, is that just the actual problem cows that are there for this lactation they might have been fine all last year if they have a high a relatively high cell count if they're in that over two hundred thousand category now they we can treat them early and prevent the spread and we can also stop the spread by disinfecting clusters between those cows and the other cows and there is some evidence emerging that would suggest that Staph aureus, which was considered to be a chronic mastitis, if caught early, can actually be treated effectively. But it's very important to catch it early. If we leave it get to the May-June period, we're going to run into broader because the Staph aureus infection will incise inside in the other and just keep breaking out every two, two to three weeks. Whereas if we can catch it early, we can stop it before it gets incised. When we're looking at the cure rate figure, what is the target on Farm Stewart? Uh, we would be hoping that we'd have in excess of 85% of the herd cured um, of the cows that had high cell counts in the pre- at the end of the previous lactation cured. Uh, anything less than that would suggest that there's either resistance building in or potentially um, an inactive tube or a tube that wasn't appropriate. And you also mentioned the a new infection. So a cow that had a low cell count in 2019 and in the first recording in 2020, she has a high cell count. So what would be the causes of that? Well, obviously, uh, you could just have incidental cases where cows pick up uh, an infection in calving boxes. Um, Cubicle hygiene is obviously important as well, but the horse has gone in terms of that now at this stage, I suppose. Uh, Although for remaining cows, if there is an issue being identified, um, increasing the hygiene levels on the cubicles could be appropriate. The other thing is that it might actually be down to the technique at drying off, which could be... Uh, a very valuable lesson, I suppose, in terms of if if we think ahead to selective dry cow therapy and we don't have the opportunity of putting a tube in, what is the cell count of this cow going to be like if there was no tube there to try and, and counter the infection that has established even in spite of the tube? So if we don't have a tube, that, that cow could actually be a complete write-off. So it just could identify discrepancies or weaknesses in our technique of drying off are we drying off too many cows at one time are we rushing the whole process are we cleaning cows adequately are we treating cows appropriately post dry off um, so all those little bits and pieces that uh, can be gleaned out of the reports that we're getting. So, In terms useful. then, uh, an, another aspect, um, facilities on farms. So 
there has been huge expansion. Have facilities caught up with the number of cows on farms? Like, is, is that impacting on cell count in early lactation? Um, I suppose many people frown at the thought that we should have a cubicle per cow. In some cases, I think that might can be excessive. Um, however, when it comes to selective dry cow therapy, it's probably going to be a requirement or definitely a useful position to be in in terms of making sure that the selective dry cow therapy is going to be effective on a farm uh, because they're not going to be competing for facilities. The cubicles are probably going to be that bit cleaner as a result of not being overcrowded. Generally, you'll find where people run into trouble um, with mastitis over the the dry period, it, it is because of overstocking sheds. And some people that have been actually using selective dry cow therapy in the last number of years uh, who have gone into expansion mode in the last couple of years again since um, have chosen not to go down the selective route for the past season just in light of the fact that there was a risk that they could have trouble um, in the meantime they're going to build new facilities for the coming year and that will facilitate them going back into their selective dry cow routine then And then like considering infections in heifers like say Obviously, we have no prior records for a heifer when she calves down for the first time. But what would you expect in terms of new infection rates in heifers? What's the target? Uh, Less than 10% would be the objective that we would be hoping for. And obviously, ideally, we would like none at all. But we don't live in an ideal world necessarily. So ideally, we would be hoping that less than 10% will calve down with an infection. One thing that I would say about um, cell counts for heifers in in the first recording if they're after calving very recently when they are recorded, it can be a stress that could cause the cell count to be high. Obviously, it's a big ordeal for them calving for the first time, going into the milking parlour for the first time, getting used to the whole routine. So not to not to get too excited potentially, um, obviously check them out, CMT test animals if they show up high. And as a result of that uh, analysis, then we'll say you can see if there's four quarters high, it's stress. If there's one or two quarters high, it's probably an infection. And I guess, look, there's some really good points there, Stuart. And I suppose just to re-emphasize that this is going to be an important tool and it will affect the full lactation. So, you know, looking to cows that are high offenders in terms of cell count who would have previously had a high cell count in 2019, I suppose there is a question mark over whether they should be within in the herd for the year. Um, you know, they may lead to um, persistent problems across the year. Looking forward then to the full lactation, Stuart, you know, what are the optimum number of milk recordings for a farmer and, you know, what's it going to cost? Yeah, look, I think um, there are several options out there. There's monthly recording, there's recording four times a year, there's recording six times a year. Uh, The six times a year is probably the most commonly chosen one. Ideally, I think if we, again, think of our selective dry cow therapy scenario, we would need to be recording at least six times a year, especially if we're going to do this early recording in February. Um, and record every six weeks, you could even argue that we probably need an additional recording on top of the sixth recording uh, towards the end of the year in order to get an even spread of recordings. So if you're if you're going to do the six recordings and you have an intention of doing selective dry cow, you probably need to plan it out a small little bit in terms of doing your early recording in February and when your next recordings are going to take place so that you have a number of recordings left closer to the dry off period at the end of the year as well and give a timeline or a suggested timeline for that so say we'll milk record for the first time around the 20th of march when should our next say the next five milk recordings take place so the next one is probably going to be around the first of may just as you're coming into peak uh, then you have the option then of maybe delaying the, the subsequent one possibly um to probably or late 
June, early July, and then you probably again extend the period there at that stage to hold off recording until maybe early September, mid-October, and then a final one at the end of November so that you have maximum knowledge and information available to you in that pre-dry-off period for to select cows that are suitable for the selective dry cow. And then the cost of that, Stuart, we're going to milk record six times a year. What cost would that be per cow? It's approximately €12 Euros per cow, um, so it's not a lot of money. We definitely spend money on a lot of poorer options in relation to dairy farming, I would think, than on milk recording. So it shouldn't be uh, considered as a cost. Actually, milk recording will probably make you money, even though it does cost you money to do the process. The benefits are huge from it. And finally, to sum up, Stuart, can you give us your top three tips for the next uh, month or six weeks on farms to get a good control of the cell count and mastitis management in the herd? I suppose it's as simple as, um, Louise, that we must get a milk recording done within 60 days. We have to identify the problem cows early on and make sure that they don't spread any further and try and cure the infections that they have. And then basically good teeth spraying, good technique, good cleanliness in the parlour. All of these are going to contribute to minimising cell count. I suppose I should also point out, as I said, just coming back to the cost of the recording, that like milk recorded herds have been shown to produce 400 litres per cow more. Just That, that just drives home the advantage that is. That's €120 Euro per cow at €0.30 cent a litre compared to €12 Euro per cow to actually do the recording. And uh, herd cell count levels are actually 25% lower approximately. This is all information that's coming from National Farm Survey data. So... Um, it's also leading to increased gross margin on farms because of better quality milk, higher pr- uh, percentage protein and fat from better cows and as a result greater revenue being returned to the farm. So it's just to get the point across that even though a milk recording costs money to do, it's generating a huge um, excess over its cost for farmers. So I think that's a great note to finish on, Stuart. And I suppose just to re-emphasise what you said, the additional milk revenue from the higher milk production in these milk-recorded herds is €120. So that's tenfold of what you're actually paying for the service. Thank you, Stuart. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Stuart Childs for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.